I'm Carl Andra. And I'm Chris Meineke. And this is Designated for Assignment. Chris, the first week of the season is under wraps. We've done the first week. How was opening day in Milwaukee? Uh... How do I de- how do I describe this to you if you've never experienced it? Um, if you don't know anything about Wisconsin, if you don't know anything about Milwaukee, um, it, it's beer beer city USA slash beer capital of the world of the universe. Um, if anybody's ever seen Happy Days or you know whatever uh, that that's ancient history, but uh, people like to drink in my town. Um, people like to drink in my state in general. So uh, that's really the beginning of the event. There really isn't any rite of passage for spring here. And you being in Canada, Carl, you know all too well that the weather can change at, with a sneeze from anybody out in the public. So that here in my town, it's kind of our rite of passage for spring, even though it snowed out there. Um I made sure to fire up the grill immediately when we got there so that we could keep it hot. I had plenty of propane. And yes, I know that uh, there's people out there that tailgate that would absolutely have my head from knowing that I use propane. But you're just going to have to trust me on that because it's just way easier. Um, And especially on days like that when it's cold. Uh, People around me with coal having big problems. So uh, I wasn't interested in doing any of that Uh, i never am when it's cold like that so that being said um we we had a few uh libations we had a few brats uh we watched a little bit of baseball but that's really what it's about it's not necessarily about baseball for most people i love the game i love to watch the game but it's more about the event and being at the park um i think there were 44 plus thousand people which is a a couple thousand more than the seating bowl will hold and that's usual for opening day and on sunday when uh members of my family went to the game while i was working thanks guys um there was only twenty four thousand for that game on a sunday afternoon which is usually pretty busy so we can already see that Things are starting to waver here. Everybody knows that the season isn't going to be very good for the Brewers. So you might get out, get out there, put your feet up, spread out a little bit, not be so packed in. Uh, There are enough fair weather fans in this town, unfortunately, but opening day is always a blast. And uh, I've only missed one opening day in the last 15 years when I lived in Houston. And uh, it doesn't matter. Rain or shine, snow, doesn't matter. We're out there and it was a blast. Did you ever, because uh, I know before they opened Miller Park, it was open stadium there, was it not? It was. Uh, it was Milwaukee County Stadium before that. Um, so the only reference point that I can give to people is the old Braves films from the 50s and somewhat of Fulton County Stadium when that was still around. That's more of the modern era of, of that. They're basically the same uh, park, but people know Fulton County Stadium a little bit more because the Braves were good when when that stadium was still around. So if you want to know what Miller I'm I'm sorry, I always want to say Miller Park now. I finally reached that point in my life. If you want to know what County Stadium was, Milwaukee County Stadium was, watch the old Hank Aaron uh Warren Spahn videos in black and white when the Braves used to play here. And uh if you want more of a color version of that, think of the early 90s Braves playing in Fulton County Stadium. Uh, Open air, and there really wasn't much to it. Metal bleachers, um, not a lot of cover out there. So, yeah, opening day during that era was interesting, to say the least, but I didn't really experience that because I was lucky enough to get into my early 20s and really start going to opening day as an adult when they opened Miller Park. So uh, I've been spoiled Obviously, the game has always been played, no matter what, and that's the thing that spoils this here is that no matter what the weather is like, and no matter how crappy your tailgate might be, if you think of it that way, the game is always going to be played. Today, uh, as we're recording this on Mondays like we usually do, 
It was the Cardinals home opener today. The Brewers happened to be playing them. When I was uh, in the car early this morning, they were saying, well, guess what, folks? It's a 100% chance of rain. Um, I hope that our radio crew is ready to do an afternoon show because this one is probably going to get rained out. Lo and behold, it ended up being in the high 50s and sunny. I don't know how that happened. I think the baseball got shined down on St. Louis. But there was a very real chance that they were going to have to cancel that game and do a doubleheader tomorrow. And luckily, they didn't have to do that. But that's the reality in most places. And we never have to worry about that here, which is a huge, huge plus. Yeah, I saw. I actually had a friend at that game in St. Louis. It looked like a beautiful day there. So uh, we're getting into some more home openers, and we're starting to see everyone gets to enjoy the joy of baseball. Yeah, and I will, I'll never take anything away from anybody in any city. Um, you know, would it have been nice for the Brewers to knock off the Cardinals today in their home opener? Absolutely. But let's face it, the Cardinals are a way better team, um, which immediately got me thinking after you and I had messaged each other a couple times earlier today. I, I just want to say, Carl, we have to take the knife out of your hand. I, I don't want <laughs> I don't want you doing anything rash this early in the season because your Blue Jays are three and four. My Brewers are now three and four now too. So we're we're hanging at the same spot. I'm I'm not sure what the Blue Jays were were doing today. Um I I honestly didn't see all the scores today. Did they even play today? They had to no, have. They're they're pl- they're off today. They're I, I thought okay Yanks tomorrow. Right. Okay. So just just relax. Um, your comment to me was that my team is worse than the Brewers all due respect. And absolutely dude, I know my team is terrible. The, the fact that they were three and three coming out of the weekend and taking two from the Astros. I was, I was befuddled by that. I didn't even know what to think, but they're going to come back down to earth. Just like the blue Jays are going to take off. Your blue Jays are not as bad as the Mets. The Mets were getting crushed tonight. Um, they're not as bad as the Braves, who are 0-5. So just just calm down. It's it's going to be okay. It's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Everything's going to be fine. I don't want you to do something uh, dangerous to yourself. Well, and and after after the episode last week where I flipped and flopped all over uh, like a fish out of water, <laughs> I I've watched six out of the seven games so far. The Jays have had leads in all seven games. And uh, we'll we'll get to one of the endings of those games because it's something that's impacted both the Jays and the Astros so far, and uh, has been quite the quite the story. But I just want to touch on the fact that we have uh, a team that's had the lead in seven, and it w- if not for a few errors, a few misguided things, we'd be we'd be right there. So, well, and Marco Estrada pitched a great game the other day. And that, that's yeah. exactly what you wanted out of him. That's what you were expecting. That's what you wanted to get back from him after having a stellar postseason last year. You got it. Hopefully he continues to do that. I don't know if he can, but uh, hopefully he can. So you got that, and you're you're right in it. It's okay. It's it, it's going to be okay. Yeah. No. I I I want. Obviously, you want to win, but uh, I'm not as sad as one would think. Especially with my comments to you on Twitter today. So, <laughs> Well, and that, that's why I wanted to make sure that when we were actually talking about it tonight, that we, we just cleared the air and made sure that you were okay. Awesome. So, Chris, why don't we start with some of the controversy that was the first week of baseball? We had two games end by teams learning the impact of this new sliding rule uh, for the year. So I don't know if you saw both of those plays of uh, both the blue Jays and Astros lost games that they arguably would have won on the, this new slide rule. Um, did you see those plays? Yeah. Well, I, I definitely saw the, the one with the Astros with uh, Colby Rasmus cause it was here. And um, you know, it, it's just like any other rule in professional sports. You know, they. I know that they have umpires come to spring training, and I know that they uh, try to explain this rule as much as possible. But there's no way that you're ever going to know true on new rules um, and, unless it's something so clear cut. And this really isn't. It it hasn't been through this entire process. You're never going to know until they actually start calling it. it. It's just like umpires calling balls and strikes. 
Some guys give you a very generous strike zone. Other guys don't. Some nights you'll know that. Some nights you won't. You might think that a certain guy is giving you uh, a, a very wide margin on one side of the plate normally, and then all of a sudden he's not. So you have to adjust to that. It's the same thing with any rule. Um, the NFL has to do it all the time. They have to try to interpret what the rule means, and they have to have the the refs come in and tell them, this is how you should interpret it. This is how we're going to call it. So it's not like these guys are completely in the dark. But again, you don't know what's going to happen until they actually call it or you get called for it in some way uh, that's going to affect your team. Now, yeah, A.J. Hinch was, was not happy. However, if you saw the Colby Rasmus play, he interfered i'm sorry i'm gonna say it he interfered that's the rule okay if you come barreling into somebody in the past that would have been interference this time with with what he did that was interference so yeah it it affected the game i don't necessarily like that it affects the game like that but i think we just need to get it out in the wash and then it'll be okay i just hate that games end like that yeah and and both both plays by the letter of the rule were illegal. They were against the rule. Batista a lot less aggressive than the Rasmus slide. He got his hand on uh, on the foot as he slid through, but also he slid all the way through. He didn't stay on the bag, which so he actually broke two rules uh, in that one instance because you can't go full chase Utley and slide straight through the bag. Uh, if you leave that, you're also out and. Uh, Unlike most, you know, errors or instances, they will call the double play, even if, as in that Astros game, they weren't going for two. Right, and that's that's the bigger picture to me. Uh, you can you can try to focus on what the rule is in and of itself right now, and either like it or don't like it, and it, it's fine either way. Whatever you want to pick, whether you like it or don't like it, um, I, to me, it doesn't make a difference. Because if it's some type of blatant interference, then it should be called. Um, There's a lot of soft rules in professional sports. So to me, with something like that, that can affect the game in a bad way, fine. Go ahead and call it. I'm okay with it. But it, it seems like, too, that over the last several years, maybe not even several, over the last few years, it seems like guys really wanted to start sliding through the bag a lot more because they were getting away with it. And if that hadn't happened, you probably wouldn't have this rule. We wouldn't even be talking about this right now if guys weren't taking it another step than they needed to in the first place. And it's, it's double jeopardy, really. I mean, you're calling a double play in that, in that instance when they weren't even going for it and you're going, well, you should, you should know the rule. Yeah. And, and to me, or for me, I am 100% in favor of the way that they're calling this. Not only is it by the letter of the law, but it's also possibly to some too aggressive, but I like that it's too aggressive because it gets rid of that gray area. There's no interpretation. Was it intentional? Right. Was it not intentional? And that's right. where you really get into frustrating situations for these players because if you're sliding a second, you make contact with the second baseman and shortstop, whoever's turning to on that double play. And they, the on pass to say, well, did you slide too aggressively? Were your feet too high on that slide? Did you slide too hard, too fast? Whatever. I like that. If you make contact, it is not going to be a safe call. Um, and just that way, you know what to expect. Was it surprising? Did they see this coming? No. But as long as they're consistent throughout the year, if this is the way it's going to be called all year, I'm fine with it. I don't like to see guys getting hurt. Um especially the way that uh, we had some of them, especially last year. As you said, things are getting more and more aggressive through every year with slides in a, into second, into home, and they've taken the, the necessary steps to fix that. So I'm fine with the way this is. Would I have liked my team to understand the rules before? Argue It didn't impact the play itself, so there was no need to do that. Um, I just don't think that the Jays and the Astros fully understood the impact of this rule. And the other 20, 28 teams have 
learn from them. So I think we'll see as the year goes, this rule getting called less and less um, and, and just people not getting hurt, which is always a perk. Look at what happened too with the Astros and Brewers game right there. That was at the very end of the game. So it's hard to differentiate between was Colby Rasmus just trying to be aggressive to make sure that his team had a chance to win or is he really that dumb? I I don't know that he's really that dumb. I just think that guys, again, just haven't seen it enough. And it was in that particular situation where it did affect the game brutally. And it ended the game. And no one wants to see that. I, I, I think I speak for every true baseball fan when I say that I don't want to see that, even though my team won during that instance. But it's hard to differentiate between whether he was being aggressive and in the past being aggressive and doing whatever he could think of at the moment to try to get his team to win in in, in the, the last minutes of the game or if he just didn't know the rule. And at this point, unfortunately, I have to say that he doesn't know the rule because it, it was obviously blatant. And it just to, to me, again, it just sucks that it ended the game that way. Well, and and that was the same way with the Jays. I actually, that was a game I wasn't able to watch to the end. And uh, so I get the alert on my phone. The Jays scored two runs on that play, which was then taken away. So I get the alert. Jays score two. They're up 4-3 on Tampa. And then I get the next alert. Jays lose 3-2 to Tampa. <laughs> and I say, oh, that, man. That, that's not possible. And then other people start texting me who also were watching the game, assuming I was, saying, you know, like, what what just happened? So, uh, yeah, some some fired up Jays fans, some fired up managers. Um, Gibbons had some not, not so nice words to say, but then you know cooled down a little bit the next day and said, uh, you know that that they need to. He he was not in favor of the rule. He thinks it should be changed. Uh, we saw John Farrell say the same thing for Boston. Well, and I, yeah, I and it's it's amazing that these guys are are not in favor of it when it, it goes against them. Right. No, no kidding. I mean, AJ Hinch was the same thing. He, of course, you're not in favor of it when it gets called against you, and then you're just neutral when it doesn't. You know, Craig Council. They asked him about it, of course, after that game, and he was kind of neutral about it. Well, they're calling it like they should be, and blah blah. You know, whatever. If it had happened to Craig Council, he'd be the first one saying that he hated it. So you're gonna get that, and it it just it just needs to get rubbed out a little bit. Uh, just, just get it kind of in your, in your palm and, and work it in a little bit and everything's going to be fine. And right now there, there's more of a spotlight on it because they are calling it way more than they ever did, uh, in the past because it is more of a new rule now. Yeah. So, and I think we'll see as the year goes on a little bit more clarity to that. And I'm sure major league baseball, especially after it happened the second time, sent out a memo to all the clubs and uh, told them, all right, this is how it's being called shape up or deal with it. Cause it's not going to change. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious that they're the right on board for it. And uh, again, props to the, to the umpires who I think don't get enough credit usually because they're the first ones that, that fans want to jump on. And I'll be one of the first guys to defend them, especially umpires. Um, because the things that they have to see are, are not the easiest. Uh, that's true for any sport, but uh, I, I feel it's uh, a lot more technical in baseball, uh, in my opinion. And, yeah, it seems like it's an easy job. You, you call an out, you call a guy safe. You call a ball, you call a strike. Um Sure, that that seems easy until you start getting into the semantics of this and good on them for actually calling the rule the way that it's supposed to be called because that's what we need them to do. When there's a new rule made or there's a rule that's changed, we expect them to do their job even if it doesn't go uh, the right way for our team. Sure, and yeah, I'm with you on that. 100 percent uh first week of the season we already have a big injury kyle schwarber i, I, knew, I knew it I, year. that he's one of your he's one of your boys i i know how much you like him uh, he's a great player and it really does suck the the good thing is that it happened so early in the season for two reasons and here's my my bias my cubs bias going out the door 
it's good for them because they'll be able to figure out how to replace him um, over a period of time. It's not like you just lose this guy when he was tearing it up and now you don't know where to go. They have time to figure out if they want to make a trade at some point, how they're going to uh, change the rotations on their teams for guys having days off and who they're going to bring up and uh, who they're going to try at certain positions if they're if they're going to bring up multiple guys during the season. And he's a young guy. He's only 23. He's only in his second season. So, yeah, that sucks for him. But, again, it's early, so he should be able to get back no problem for spring training next year, even though it's kind of a, a devastating knee injury to have two ligaments like that. that That's bad. But at least it's at the very beginning of this year, so he, he shouldn't miss any time next year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and honestly, if there's one uh, position that the Cubs can afford to lose, it is him. I think they'll miss him with his catching ability, uh, being able to sub guys off there, but uh, a full outfield as it was in Chicago. So still having Hayward, Fowler, and Soler there, uh, it just kind of solves any controversy. That's their outfield for yeah. this season. Um, and, and so I think, like I said, not a, not a huge loss, not an irreplaceable loss. I still think the Cubs will do well this year. Um, as I say that they're currently being no hit by Brandon Finnegan <laughs> uh, through six innings. So, yeah. Mm, and Finnegan and, was one of those guys they got back in, in the Cueto trade too. And uh, that that's nice to see when, when that's happening on the other side of things. Um, you know, no hitters are, are fun, but they're not nearly as as sexy as they used to be because there's been so many of them in, in the last couple of years. Um, but it's, it's nice to see a guy working out in a trade like that too. And yeah, you're right. The Cubs, they're going to be fine. Um, but to, to lay it on, on the Cubs doorstep a little bit more, they're making it seem like this guy is, is Lou Gehrig. Did you see what happened? they had yeah. him and you know what? I'm all for fans loving their guys, and it, it was a nice gesture, but but really, um, he hobbles out there on a crutch. Uh, they announce him for the for the opener. Um, the whole stadium roars, and they should, but then they show a montage of his rookie season <laughs> on the video board, and then he gets to stand next to Joe Madden during the National League. Really? Really? Yeah, it's unfortunate that this young guy isn't going to get to play with with this hot up and coming team this year. But is he going to get the mic and say that he's the luckiest man on the face of the earth next? I mean, come on, you know, cheer for the guy. That's great. But does he really need a montage of his of his baseball life being played up there like like it's his last game ever? He's going to be back. I, I thought that was a little ridiculous. Agreed 100%. Yeah, that's a, a little a little much, but certainly the fans there excited. And I, I could say I can't be too critical because the Jays trotted out Marcus Stroman a number of times last year <laughs> in the exact same way. And uh, and I loved it. So, OK, uh, all right. I, I, I get I get why you do it. It gets the fans excited. So sure. And, and being out there, I, I'm fine with that. But the guy play, he's played one professional season. I don't. Yeah. I don't need to see a video montage of his rookie year because he's not going to play this year. And yeah, it's it's kind of a nice gesture from the team because that's all he's going to get this year. You know, he's he's not going to be back in time for the playoffs. I would guess because again, that's a bad injury. So he's not going to get in at bat in the postseason. He's not going to be able to experience that. He'll have to sit in the dugout the entire time with his team, assuming that they do well, and that that's going to be his moment, his opening day. So. I, I totally get it. I don't. I don't bag the team for for giving him a little bit more, but but the video was going too far. So, with the, I, I guess if you think the video is too far, this next bit uh, you'll probably find just a little more extreme. Uh, that home run that he hit mm. I mean, at the end of the in the playoffs last year landed on top of the scoreboard. Uh, they have put the ball back yeah. there and encased it in glass. Um, so good on Kyle, that little, little momentum or uh, monument out there. You know, I, I don't know that we have any Cubs fans that listen to this show, 
Well, and, and, and sometimes the way it goes, they probably would have stopped a long I'm, I'm sure they would have. And really, guys, honestly, I'm trying. I really am because I know we're doing a baseball show. And we're not doing a Blue Jays and Brewers show, even though it seems like we do that once in a while. But we're passionate about our teams. That's ridiculous. That, that is absolutely 150% ridiculous. Uh, are, are they going to put Ryan Sandberg's spikes down at second base because he was a great player there and they, they almost won something there? Are they going to get a bottle of uh, <laughs> of Moises Alou's urine that he used to pour on his hands before he had an at-bat and, and sprinkle it on the infield? And, and what What is next? What is next? Are they going to get Bartman in there and and, uh, and and cut his throat open to make the ivy grow more? I, 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 what what is that? that? That they didn't do anything in the postseason last year. This is a good team. Okay, listen to me. This is a good team coming from a Brewers fan who hates the Cubs. It's a good team, but really, really encasing a ball up there. That's all you have. Go find the goat. Go get Ron Santo back out there. Do whatever you need to do to get your hex off of you. But a a, a ball in case from the 2015 playoffs, get over yourselves. And that's that's just like people in Chicago to do that. Actually, we should take this a step further and just start leaving little time capsules all around baseball stadiums. Um, I think we should find a way to suspend... Bautista's bat from the bat flip somehow right. from the rafters so that right. it's there for all eternity. Get, get some fishing wire that comes down from from the from the roof at Rogers Center and, and just have it suspended there for all, for all time. And you have yeah. to duck under it when you're walking from the on deck circle. How about that? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you you know going off of your Cubs things, you could put Bartman uh, down in on the on the third baseline there, just like a, a wax figure of him there, uh, <laughs> always reaching out. You can have just any any sorts of these. Oh you my can... god! You know what this reminds me of? Uh, Two thousand one uh, Diamondbacks Yankees World Series, and uh, Luis Gonzalez um, spit out a, a big wad of bubble gum. And, <laughs> and, and this is going. Yeah, and and somebody. And at first I thought this was urban legend, but I guess it's been proven that this actually happened. Um, so spit it out when he was in the on deck circle or, or just coming out of the dugout, whatever. So it was on like part of the side warning track for lack of a better term and in the dirt and a fan reached down and grabbed it and kept it knowing full well that it was from Luis Gonzalez and sold it on eBay. I should, I should start chewing gum and leaving it in dirt and selling it on eBay. A lot this is often. what people do. This is what people do. There was a woman uh, a few years ago that found a chicken McNugget that she thought looked like the the head of George Washington on the U.S. quarter. So she <laughs> kept it. Okay. The, these are these are the people that walk amongst us, Carl. So I'm not shocked that somebody picked up bubble gum off of a warning track and sold it on eBay because it came out of Luis Gonzalez's mouth. And I'm certainly not surprised that people in Chicago encased a baseball up on a scoreboard. Well, and, and I don't know if you saw it today. Uh, I'm, I'm also a big NASCAR fan and there was news of a pop tart, uh, a Jeff, <sighs> a very rare Jeff Gordon pop tart on sale for, at eBay for $10,000. Okay, Carl, this is our mission. We need to find something so ridiculous, and we need to get it up on eBay. Whether it's baseball-related or not, we, this is going to be our claim to fame. I, I'm, I'm looking right now at the most ridiculous thing that I own, and the only reason I kept it is because it's so ridiculous. Um, I was at Macklemore Bobblehead Day at, uh, <laughs> at Safeco Field a couple of years ago, and so... I have oh. I have my my shelf of memorabilia, <laughs> and I've got a Felix Hernandez bobblehead. I've got some autographed hockey cards. Um, I've got some diecast cards, and I have a Macklemore bobblehead there. So. Wow, wow, uh huh, wow. That's um, my contribution. Okay, yeah, that that's pretty good. Um, you know, I'm looking around here. I'm not really sure what I have that would be worthy of that. I mean, that that's pretty good. 
Um, last year when, uh, when Ron Renneke was fired here in Milwaukee and Craig council took over, it, it was kind of a, again, and, and I, this is just my opinion, but I was not alone in this. It was kind of a shady deal. Craig council had been working in the front office for like two years and he's a hometown guy. Everybody loved him here. Don't get me wrong. But I, I think Ron Renick, got a really, really raw deal uh, when he was let go last year. Yeah. The team was bad and they had an epic collapse in 2014, but I, I thought it really sucked. Well, if you know anything about the brewers, you know that they rescued a dog down in Arizona um, a couple of years ago, and it kind of became the team mascot. His name is Hank. They named him after Hank Aaron. Fine. So there's been Hank bobblehead days. I, I'm I'm an animal lover. My mother thinks that Hank is the most adorable thing on the face of the earth. I have a couple Hank bobbleheads, all right? But I also have a bobblehead of Doug Melvin, who is now the former GM of the Milwaukee Brewers. I was so pissed that day, Carl, when that happened, <laughs> I set up on my desk where, where I record from the, the one Hank bobblehead and the bobblehead of Doug Melvin from several years ago. It's him standing in like some khaki pants and like a, a brewer's pullover on the phone, you know, like making a deal on, on the cell phone. And I set him up behind Hank. I'll have to try to find the picture. We'll put it up on Twitter. I set him up behind Hank. I took a picture of it. I posted it to my social media and I said, well, I think Doug Melvin just screwed the pooch on this one. People loved it. Um, but that's not really, uh, that's not really anything that I can put up on eBay. It's just a picture of those two things that that's about all I have as far as bobblehead lore goes. So, uh, if, if we can figure out a way to make someone believe that that's the day that Macklemore played for the Mariners. <laughs> that he started at third base for the Mariners, and it just happened to be his bobblehead day. And we throw it up on uh, on eBay for a couple thousand dollars. I think we might be onto something here, Carl. Well, here's here's the thing. I I was going to the game, and my friend told me the guy we were going with. He was like, "Oh yeah, it's Macklemore Day when we're there." And me, being the baseball guy, I thought it was Mark Macklemore. <laughs> the former Mariners player. I was like, uh, that is a weird choice, but you know, maybe he's more loved in Seattle than he is everywhere else. Right. Um, played for a long time. Yeah. And I, I could buy that. You know, there's always that guy that your team sure. just really falls in love with. Sure. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to have this bobblehead of a, a retired baseball player that I'm only kind of mad about, <laughs> but no, Macklemore, he's got a microphone in his hand and everything. Wow! If it, if it was within reach, I'd uh, send you a picture of it right now. But wow, I'd, I'd be off mic, and that's terrible, terrible podcasting. So. I, you know, I just, well, I, I don't even know what to say to that. Why, why aren't there better things in Seattle that they could have given away or come up with for a bobblehead than Macklemore? They they love him there. I no, I trust me, I get it because he's in these commercials with um with uh russell wilson like you know i'm a wisconsin guy russell wilson went to school here for a year he got us to a rose bowl that's wonderful there's almost no one in football that annoys me more than russell wilson right now almost no one and then to have macklemore in that too and then to just realize how much seattle loves that guy for his terrible music and I'll never criticize anybody for the music that they like, because I, I think whatever your opinion on music is, it, it's the correct one because everybody's different, but that that's some bad music. And then he gets a bobblehead out of it because he's from Seattle. I, I think that's ridiculous. That That's almost as ridiculous as a ball encased in glass on top of a scoreboard because <laughs> somebody hit it in the 2015 playoffs. Ridiculous. I digress. I like it. This is this is your version of my Toronto Blue Jays from last week. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but at, le- at least you're getting fired up about things that matter, like bobbleheads and baseballs oh, on top of scoreboards. Absolutely. Um, there was a guy that caught five foul balls. Yeah. How about that guy? I mean, How, like, have you ever caught a foul ball? At not a game? once. Not once. I've come close maybe twice. Okay, Carl, I'm 37 years old. I've come close to catch and I've been going to baseball games since I was six. Okay. Long time. 
and I've only come close to catching a foul ball twice in all those times that I've that I've gone to a baseball game. I have I've almost caught one once. The the way that it worked, uh, it was my second game ever. Again, being from Canada, not as not as many opportunities as you have. So my sister and I took a trip down to San Diego, and we went to see the Padres and Rockies play. And uh, at the time, Matt Baskersian was the announcer that, and I just, I greatly enjoy the work he does. He's uh, mm, used to be the Brewers entertaining guy. guy. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. Um, and so, and the other guy was, uh, I forget his last name. His name was Mud. Um, and so we made a sign that said, Canada loves Matt and Mud, brought it to the game, got us on the, the scoreboard, got us on the actual broadcast. Nice. Uh, they did not know. They started talking about how much they love the city of Calgary. Didn't know we were from there. <laughs> Excellent. Just a great city. Excellent. Uh, so some free advertising for, for my town. Um, but we were, we were sitting in left field, and I forget who it was who homered. Um, and instead of trying to use this giant sign, we had to catch the ball. Um, my sister just hid behind it, but I, I did, I gave her the sign as a shield so that she didn't have to try to catch one. Right. Right. Uh, that was, that was the closest I came landed a couple of rows behind us. But if we had to use that sign appropriately, we would, uh, we would have had a winner. Well, and now I, I will tell you now that most of the games that I'll go to, I won't necessarily be sitting somewhere that I'll have much of a chance for one anyway, because I'm kind of that snob now. Um, but if there ever is a chance that I, I can get a ball, it's probably not going to matter anyway, because there's probably going to be a kid around and I'll probably have to give it to him or I'm going to be on sports center for a month. Yeah. And I've, I've actually been in a scenario where uh, I've been at a game and a guy caught it right in front of a kid and refused to give it to him and got booed yeah. the entire and just owned it just held his hands up in the air and just started beating his chest so well you, you have to if you're going to play that card and not give it to the kid and take that kind of agony from the fans from the entire crowd you have right, to own it like this. that you have to gorilla it out because otherwise either you're a waffler and you beat your chest for a second, then you give it to the kid, and then people still hate you. Or you get the ball, and everybody hates you anyway. So you might as well just keep the ball. But me being me and knowing that I don't like it when people don't like me, I'd have to give the kid the ball. And that never came up when I was a kid. I didn't have somebody seven rows behind me see me being one of the only kids in the section and coming down and handing me the ball. I didn't get that when I was a kid. I've never gotten a foul ball in any situation, but yeah. you know, this day and age we'd have to give it up. I feel, I feel like I might've told this story before on the show. So if I did stop me, uh, we were at, uh, the local junior hockey game here and they had the t-shirt cannon out and the guy in front of us was standing up very excited. My my wife was with me. She likes to get free things, and it's just fun to get something at a game. You just want to catch it. We don't really care about a T-shirt, but uh, this dad's standing up, very anxious to get it, hits him square in the hands, falls <laughs> through his hands, and lands in my wife's lap. Oh. And uh, And she says to the guy, Maybe you should learn to catch better. Oh. Turns around and gives it to a different kid. So that oh. guy's kid lost out on a shirt oh. because his dad can't catch. Oh, your your wife is a badass. <laughs> Maybe you should learn to catch better, man. What, what what worse night could that guy have had than to have it hit him in the hands, not catch it, have somebody tell him to learn how to catch, and then hand it to another kid? Wow. I mean, just stomp on that guy's heart. Yeah, well, maybe he learned a valuable lesson. He really did. He, if, your your if wife definitely. You, hands, th- you should catch it. That applies in every sport. Absolutely. Your your wife definitely taught him a life lesson right there. Yeah. Uh, if so. you if if it hits you in the hands and you don't catch it, it's going to a different kid. Period. Yeah. That's that's how these things work. Nice. So we're one week into the season, and while there's some teams that aren't living up to their fans' expectations. Um, perhaps if you are a fan of the St. Louis Cardinals, they're, they're four and three. Um, perhaps you're a fan of the Minnesota twins. We had some good words to say about them winless still. Um, we can overreact to that. We could also overreact to the lossless Orioles or the, uh, the aforementioned five and one Cincinnati reds that no hitter still going on by the way. Uh, so I, I do, uh, I have MLB network on, uh, as we're recording here and, uh, um, 
this is showing me that that the Cubs have a hit. Ooh. Uh, I can't quite see out into the other room as to who it might be. But, um, hey, Chris Bryant continues with his tear. Three more strikeouts tonight. <laughs> Way to go, buddy. You're, 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 you're the top of the world. You're the best thing to happen to Chicago since sliced bread and, and the fire. Um, way to go. Three more strikeouts. You know, Chris Bryant is a good player. I'm, I'm not going to make this about Chris Bryant. I'm not going to bag on him all night, but the dude strikes out a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot. Um, but as far as overreactions go, besides me bagging on Chris Bryant about his strikeouts, the, the Orioles, that's great. They're 6-0. and I think they're a good team, but will they stay there? No, no. They're not going to. Uh, your Jays are, are three and four, and a, as much as we got down about that division, it's still a good division, and they're not going to sit at three and four. Uh, that that type of baseball for a long time. We're one week in. It's okay. Uh, Astros fans were probably doing the the same thing you were doing. My God, what is going on? Uh, they lost two games to the hapless Brewers, but. You know that that's when this type of thing happens it is in the beginning of the year. It's very rare that teams stay on hot streaks like that unless they're um, one of the best teams to ever be assembled. Uh, I don't think we really have that with any team this year unless they're like that. Nobody goes wall to wall. Uh, we're not. I, I mean, I don't think we're going to be 13 games into this, and the Orioles are going to be 13 and 0. I, I highly doubt that's going to happen. It could, but uh, this is where we can say these are the good teams. We know that, but the record doesn't reflect that. So you think some teams who are at a hard start are going to cool down? What about players? Trevor Story on pace for 189 home runs. Can he do it? (sighs) If anybody can do it, it's him. (laughs) I know, right? Everyone well, knows that power hitting shortstops right. can hit well, 100 plus home runs. That's just a fact. Right. And you you know why I say if anybody can do it, it's him, right? It's because he's doing it right now. If anybody else were doing it, if your boy David Ortiz and all his steroids were doing it, I, I would say if anybody can do it, it's him because he's doing it right now. Um, and that's the great thing about baseball. I, I loved when uh, when Miguel Cabrera got to Detroit and there were those seasons where he's uh, on pace to to shatter the RBI record, and it happens to be the beginning of May, and he's got some ungodly amount of RBIs, and they they keep coming up with this stat every night on ESPN that uh, he's on pace to to hit a 193 RBI, and I'm thinking that that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Uh, I don't care how good you are. So. I, I'd like to have fun with people when stuff like that happens. Um, hitting streaks, anything like that. You think you can do it? Well, if anybody can do it, it's him. And they don't understand what I'm saying. I, I'm not saying they're the greatest player to ever walk the earth. I'm just saying, hey, they're doing it right now. If anybody can do it, it's him. Well, and and no one is no one's going to keep up to his pace. No one's going to hit. I, I'm going to say I'm going to go on a limb. No one will hit seven home runs in six games the rest of the season. That's that's hot, right? I think your over under on that is 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 pretty safe. Um, uh, again, that's what's great about baseball is, is the stats in and of themselves. Well, and and this from a a kid that honestly, outside of Colorado, not a lot was being said about him. Uh, obviously, not to this degree. No one expected him to come out and do this. You know, a shortstop you'd you'd be happy with twenty home runs from your shortstop. That'd be a, a power hitting shortstop. Right. Right. Um, to be able to come out and get a third of that done in the first six days of the season, um, obviously hot from a twenty three year old guy uh, who's who honestly. I'm trying to figure out how many he had last year. He hit 20 all last year between double and triple A mm-hmm. and then seven already. So yeah, I, not, not going to keep it up, but no, but, but good for him for being in the discussion, at least at some point in the season. So do you think I'm going to set over under at 15 home runs the rest of the way? He's already at seven. Do you think he hits 15 the rest of the way? No, yeah, I think so too. No, um, uh, that that's a lot. I, 
this might sound wrong, but that's a lot of pressure to put on him. And I know that there's a lot of season left and 15 home runs doesn't sound like that much, but when you're not expected to be that guy in the first place, no, it, it, I just don't think it's going to happen. Now he could surprise everybody. I think Chris Davis surprised a lot of people when he hit all those bombs with the Orioles a couple of years ago. Nobody was really expecting that to happen. Uh, but now we know him as a home run hitter. Maybe that happens with story. I don't know. In, in, but in my heart of hearts, no, that doesn't happen. I remember back in the early 90s, um, his name was Bill Spires. He was a shortstop slash third baseman for the Brewers. Um, in the first like week and a half, two weeks of the season, he hit like nine home runs and had, had all these RBIs, and people were going nuts because, again, th- the teams were not that good, so they had to latch on to anything they could get. So they thought Bill Spires was going to break all these records, hit nine home runs in, the, in this short amount of time, and then he ended up with only like 12 for the entire season. And maybe I'm wrong on that stat. I'd have to look it up, but um, it was something ridiculous like that. So guys can get hot at any point in the season, it's the guys that you know are going to be there every year, and it's just fun to talk about some guys that we don't know. Like, uh, um, who's the guy in? Um, uh, he's the first baseman for the, uh, Tyler White uh, in in Houston. Yeah, um, tearing it up right now too. That's a great story. Um, this kid that uh, started um, for the uh, for the Cardinals tonight. This uh, this Hazel Baker guy. I, where do they find these guys with these names and these guys that can hit? I was going to say someone told me Hazel Baker was playing left field and you know yeah. Holiday playing first. And I was yeah. like, that's a fake name. Like that's not an actual person. Yeah. Where where do the Cardinals find these guys with these names? Descalso and Maka and Hazel Baker. Like this this feels like this should be Sandlot three. And these should just be kids out there that that are in a a, a made up baseball movie with these names. Um, but he had a good day today. Uh, you know, you're you're going to see the guys that do it every year, barring injury, and it's just fun every once in a while when one of these guys gets hot. It just so happens that it's more than one to to start this season that we can talk about and have fun with it. Yeah, um, but word of advice, if you are in a fantasy baseball league and own Trevor Story, quickly trade him to yeah. whoever will give you something, yeah. and uh, and do not trade for him. Whatever you do, don't get excited, yeah. even if you're from Colorado. Yeah, sell high, sell high. Uh, because in, uh, my biggest thing with with, uh, with Story is the lineup that he's in. Well, uh, and lineup and the fact he's never done you use Chris Davis as a comparison. Davis hit 36 home runs in the minors when he was 21. Right. Trevor story never hit like he's hit 20 once. That was last year. So not, a, not a, a history, obviously 20 for a shortstop. Good. You are happy with that power production from a shortstop, but uh, the obviously uh, even 30 home runs from him this year in the majors would be shocking. Yeah. I, I would be, I would be floored if that happened. Good story. You know, pardon, pardon, pardon the pun, but um, yeah, it, it's not going to keep up. No. Um, and uh, so some guys that we see in uh, coming out doing well, David Price pitching well for the Red Sox so far. Until uh, today. Did he, he had a bit of a dud today, did he? He, I, he I, did. And that, of course, you were the first one I thought of, Carl. Um, cause I, I know how much of a David price fan you were, and I know how much of a David price fan you are not now. Um, but they, he didn't look particularly good. Uh, Trumbo completely hammered a ball, um, to dead center at Fenway today off of him. Um, uh, Craig Kimbrell didn't do anything to help the cause either. He now has a nine ERA. Um, so, yeah, it's one game, but they did not look good today. Chris, I I have a, a bit of a question for you, and I, I've pondered it in watching baseball, um, watching Blue Jays games, watching uh, just some of the other games around the league so far, looking at numbers um, for some of these guys. So what led me to believe, because I, I saw Price's first start, hit, played well, um, and then saw his, I, I was just looking at some of the leaders in some of these categories and seeing strikeout leaders. 
David Price leading strikeouts, Chris Archer second in strikeouts. Um, and the Blue Jays, as an example, just ridiculous amount of them. When it comes to strikeouts as a statistic and as a part of the game, um, I, I'm actually starting to be okay with a team that strikes out a lot. And here's why. Because there's a difference between there needs to be some sort of way to to qualify a strikeout. And I know there's not. It, there's so many different things. You can have a, a hit-by-pitch that's a 12-pitch thing and any number of stories. But for me, I look at these teams, some of them working the count, some of them where guys are only getting outs by strikeout. If you're around the zone a lot, there's a chance you're going to get some strikeouts, but you're also going to get hit a ton. Chris Archer has an opponent's average of 341 and is second in the league in strikeouts. That's his his uh, strikeout per nine is about 15 right now. That's high. That's that's real good. If you were to just look at that, you would be very pleased with Chris Archer's performance. But his opponent's average of 341 and a 7.2 ERA, not that great. And again, you look at some of these teams with a lot of strikeouts and also a lot of walks, a lot of guys getting on base. I think I'm somehow moving away from being impressed by strikeouts. From a pitcher's standpoint, you're saying. And even like, and being concerned about your like, hitters, your, your Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant strikes out a lot and he does it in a bad way because he, he, he swings at pitches that he shouldn't. Right. Um, He's not working the count, but if you're having guys strike over their fouling pitches off and it's an eight pitch at bat, uh, they're the only guy, like there's no one on base. They're not stranding anyone. Um, I'm, I'm actually like, I'm somewhat okay with that. It was a, still a quality at bat to me. He did something of value. Obviously you'd like to get a hit. You'd like to be on base, but that is something good. Um, or if they're, you know, a guy's around the zone a lot. So you're just, you're taking note of that and you're swinging a lot. And does that mean, you know, you get 10 hits off a guy and strike out nine times. I'm fine with that. As long as, as long as, you know, there has to be three outs in an inning, but if you score three and you strike out three times, who cares? Right. And that's the thing with baseball. You have so many variables and wherever the crossover happened and it was decades before uh, we were ever baseball fans, Carl, and it was definitely before we were born. Um, there's a reason why they put an asterisk on Roger Maris's 61 home runs because they didn't like the fact that it happened in more games than Babe Ruth had and blah, 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 blah. Everybody knows the story. Um, but because of uh, I'm, I'm going to try not to get into a history lesson here, but because of the. Uh, the uprise of media within sports and it being more than just uh, a beat writer um, every once in a while writing a piece about a baseball team until it got super popular. Um, And then it was radio and then it was TV. When somebody strikes out to end an inning, that's huge because what does that tell you? It tells you that that guy failed epically, uh, to to not get a hit and your guy threw it right past him. Now, would it have done the same thing if he had hit it on the ground to second base and just dribbled it out? Yeah, absolutely. But that's not fun. Nobody likes that. So that's why over the last several decades, you've always seen the strikeouts from from pitchers are sexy. Strikeouts from hitters, everyone hates them. Even though it doesn't give you more than one out, it never has, it never will, but nobody likes to see that no matter where it is in the game because then you feel like that guy can't hit the ball when that's not really true. We know that Chris Bryant can hit the ball, but the reason why I continue to say, way to go, Chris, you struck out three more times, is because of what exactly what you said. You're swinging at bad pitches. He's a young guy. He's not supposed to be doing that. He's supposed to be making contact with the ball. He's supposed to have power. He's supposed to have one of the best eyes in the game, yet he strikes out a lot. And, yeah, it is only three outs. He made three outs. He could have done that grounding out or flying out. It it doesn't really matter. But at the end of the day, because of his specific situation, because of his variable, it, it 
just amplifies it a lot more that he's striking out that much more because he's not supposed to be doing that. Adam Dunn, you know, guys like that made a career off of striking out 200 plus times, but hitting 30 to 40 home runs every year. And they got away with it and they played first base and they didn't play very good defense. And it didn't matter because they hit a bunch of home runs and everybody loved that. And everybody still loves that. So guys like that will make a career off of strikeouts. Chris Bryant can't do that. So, Because everybody is still so focused on strikeouts, Carl, I couldn't agree with you more. To me, a strikeout is just another out. But all of the fans out there, and I'm sure there's plenty of Cubs fans that would, if they heard me say that, would be infuriated by me saying that. And that's really why I stick with it, because it's not sexy. It looks bad. It looks like you can't hit the ball, and... It looks like a pitcher can throw it right by you whenever whenever they want. So, yeah, you're right. Chris Archer's ERA is, is 7.20. I don't put a lot of stock in ERA all the time either, but it, it's a decent enough metric. And the fact that he has the, the average against him is definitely taking him out. For sure. All right, Chris. Something we skipped last week, but we did – through the end of last year was kind of go through the schedule for the week coming up and say some of the games that we're looking forward to. So uh, why don't we bring that back and kind of go through the upcoming week and, uh, and kind of touch on some of the matchups that we're looking at. For me, we have on Tuesday night, uh, a fairly full slate of games. We're not up to the point where we don't have day games, uh, we still got a lot of those. Uh, I am going to be watching Pirates and Tigers uh, on Wednesday because they're flipping. They're doing a home and home, two and two. And uh, on Tuesday, Detroit goes to Pittsburgh. And I love watching American League teams, especially early in the season, watching them have to bat with the pitcher. So um, we're going to be seeing some pitchers batting for the Detroit Tigers on Wednesday. Uh, you And you still enjoy that. I do. Yes, I greatly enjoy. I like the the managing style and the style of play. I know that I'm in the minority, but if they were to get rid of the DH, I would be in favor of that. Well, you are not in the minority, my friend. I know that there's a lot of people out there that want the DH in both leagues, but I, I think that would be a huge travesty. Um, I, I, and I maybe that's watching. for that, if, I, if I'm pick, picking one game, I'm going to pick a National League game just because I yeah. love the the manager, the tactics you have to do. When you have your pitcher batting, when you're taking them out, who are you pinch hitting, doing a double switch? Absolutely. Uh, all of those things just add so much to the game. Uh, now, let me ask you, you're, you're playing um, the show right now, are you, and, and you made yourself, and you're with the Blue Jays, right? No, I, I, I let myself get drafted. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, I am, I'm the future second baseman of the Florida Marlins. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Uh, especially with D Gordon there, right? No, oh, but hey, I just got called up to Triple A because we traded Ichiro for Panda. Oh, yeah, okay. terrible trade right there. I don't know why they decided <laughs> they wanted him to play play third base, but hey. Okay, well, you're on in the show. You're on a National League club. That's good. Yeah, that's good. And I I couldn't agree with you more. So the only problem I have with with your logic is not really a problem. It's getting watered down because every week we have some type of interleague thing now. So it's really not that special anymore. And yeah, you don't see the Tigers hit a whole lot, and I, I get that. But it's not nearly as cool as it used to be. Well, to open the season, we saw the Cubs in L.A. playing the Angels, right? And then the Mets and the Royals played each other to open the season. Um, the Brewers and the Astros just played each other. And that still screws me up because uh, I still think of the Astros as a National League team. I'm trying to come around on that. Uh, but a lot of their pitchers hadn't hit that much. And that that's a weird thing for them now. Uh, so to see that in the National League, yeah, it's still kind of fun, but to me, it's still kind of watered down because you get to see it in every in every new series. There, there's some type of uh, interleague play, and I I do agree. I liked it better when you would have interleague what twice a year, 
Um, and it would just be everyone's playing everyone. Um, and then there'd be that one weird national league matchup where they're like, all right, we're just going to go play with ourselves over here. See ya. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I do like it. A, I, I, yeah, I liked having a slew of it. It was, that was appointment television for me. Yeah. It's just, it, I, I don't dislike it now. It's just a little watered down. Um, as far as series go, um, the, the Houston, Kansas city, I know Houston hadn't started out very well, but that should be a good series going, uh, the rest of the, the early part of this week anyway. Um, I think that the Astros will get their stuff together and let's face it. The, the Royals are still the reigning, uh, reigning champs. Um, you've got, uh, your blue Jays taking on the, uh, the Red Sox later in the week. I'm sure you're pumped about that. Uh, more Red Sox. <laughs> I hate that team so much. <laughs> it, it just it, it kind it still kind of floors me that you hate the Red Sox more than you hate the Yankees. It for a while it used to be just whoever was better I hated more. Um, there's just more people. Like there's no one who really annoys me as a player on the Yankees. Where there's like there's a Rod, but I've kind of gotten used to him being who he is. Right. There's just like. Now there's David Price there. I think David Price was what swung it for me. Gotcha. Well, yeah. and you're you're kind of in the same boat that I'm in because normally I would hate the Cubs more, but uh, because Cardinals fans, and I know that if there's any Cardinals fans listening to this, I'm not going to apologize for this because I'm I'm passionate about baseball. But Cardinals fans think they're the police of of baseball, and they think that everything they do is right, and they think that their players do no wrong, um, and there's a lot of guys on that team that I don't like that annoy the hell out of me now. So I don't like the Cardinals more right now than I, than I don't like the Cubs. Do I like the fact that the Cubs are good now? No, but I have no reason to hate guys like Rizzo and Bryant and and whatever. I'll bag on them because they're still my rivals, but um, it's basically the same thing. You, You don't really have anybody on the, on the Yankees that you can really say, Oh, he just rubs me the wrong way. And he annoys the living hell out of me. And I can kind of say that about the Cubs now too, because there really isn't anybody that I hate on that team, but there definitely is on the Cardinals. Very good. Uh, for this weekend matchup, I'm liking the giants heading to Los Angeles to face the Dodgers. That should be a good yeah, series. Always there. A good one. Um, so watch that on your late evenings. You get home from a long day of work, hit the grill. Um, Absolutely. You got uh, Baumgartner and uh, and Kershaw going uh, on Friday night. What a great way to end the week. Absolutely. All right, Chris. Uh, anything else that you want to touch on this week before we go and uh, watch the end of that Cubs game? Maybe they'll make a comeback. Uh, Your beloved Cubs. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> um, well, the only other thing as far as uh, stat geeks out there, uh, apparently uh, Giancarlo Stanton has now the – fastest exit velocity ever to be recorded at over 120 miles per hour. And I know that I've discussed exit velocity in the past. Um, I think it's kind of goofy, but whatever. Um, He hit a home run and it went out uh, according to StatCast. They tracked it at 120.1 miles per hour. So there you go. Well, and, and actually, it's not the the fastest of all time. It's the fastest of 2016. Oh, okay. Stanton owns the record for the fastest all time. It is 0.2 miles an hour faster, 120.3 in May of 2015 before he had oh, to get shut down for the yeah, season. Right. Okay. Well, so still good Mike for him. Gio Carlo Stanton. Yeah. Well, call him Mike there. Wow. Would Would you prefer to still call him Mike or are you still, are you okay calling him John Carlo? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, you know, let's call him what he wants to be called. Okay. Jean Carlo. Okay. Yeah. Is, is it is it Jean Carlo or is it Jean Carlo? Well, I. Or Jean Carlo. Or names right now. All right. All right. I mean, Mike is so much easier, but. but <laughs> I, 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 Mike. I, I get I it. I can. I can handle Mike. Chris, yeah. Mike, Chris, Mike, Carl. We we should try to have Mike on. We'll see if Mike comes on. Uh, <laughs> but I I think if we asked Mike, uh, the John Carlos side of him would not be. Uh, very happy. Yeah, if you asked if you asked Mike to go on the show, he would say no right. for probably a couple of reasons. Exactly. All right, Chris. Uh, enjoy the rest of the week in baseball. 
enjoy some of these series coming up here and uh let's see how many more home runs trevor story hits uh when he finally slows down but when uh, not if when when exactly all right for chris meineke i am carl andra and this has been designated for assignment